0: Good morning, everybody. Yeah, glad you're here today. What a great day to be in God's house. You guys are doing awesome. Second Sunday of 2020. And so we know this is a year of change. God's calling us to change. So have you changed since the first of the year? Yeah. All right. I don't mean you just got older. I'm just asking about change. <laughs> Like in your life, that's what we got to be doing. God's calling us to this life of change, and it's an amazing thing that he's doing. It's uncomfortable at times, but if you embrace it fully, God wants to do great things in your life, and that change is amazing. It's a good thing, even if it's uncomfortable in the moment. So we're very blessed today to have guests with us. All, all y'all that are new, we welcome you and thank you for being with us. But we have a special guest from Gospel Rescue Mission, Pastor Juan. Um, come on over, brother so yeah glad you're here today we welcome you my brother here you go pull that right up close thank you you pastor dave (laughs) thank you
1: amen i'm excited to be here this day uh especially to see all my grm peps here amen (laughs) i just want to come in for for those of you that don't know me i'm i'm pastor juan and i work at the gospel rescue mission i'm uh pastoral care coordinator so i i oversee all the pastoral care classes chapel services and everything that has to do with your spiritual life at the mission i oversee that amen Amen. and i I get to see the power of god every single day at the mission amen Amen. god transforming people and maybe about a year ago um me and pastor dave had a meeting um pastor dave came to my office and we were in the other center and we had uh, 60 people. Back then, 60 people was a lot of people. And uh, Pastor Dave came on a day, and, and we just sat and talked. And Pastor Dave was tired. He looked really tired. Amen. That's
0: the way I look. You know.
1: And I, I was tired. Yeah. I was tired. I wanted to go home. He wanted to go home. But we had a quick conversation for something I do remember that, that the Holy Spirit was there. Amen. And he was saying, "You know what? This is a confirmation that CFF and Gospel Rescue Mission we're going to work together for the kingdom of God." Amen? amen. Amen. To restore the life of people. And I just want to share a Bible verse here, and I'm not going to preach because. We're good, I'm, I'm, Amen. You're good. You're good. I'm yeah. just going to share a Bible verse here in Galatians six nine. It says so. So let's not get tired of doing what is good, at just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Amen. Amen. So let me tell you that ministry work, working at church, working at at a mission or whatever you do for God is hard work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being in recovery is hard work. Amen. We make you guys work a lot. (laughs) Being hard work. But this is a word of encouragement from the word of God saying, you know what? Never get tired of doing what is right. Don't get tired of teaching, of mentoring, of going to the mission, of doing your homework. Keep on doing what is right. right. Because at the right time, you are going to see some fruit in your life. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you that Pastor Dave came at a time that we were expanding from 60 people to about 405 people.
0: Amen. That's awesome.
1: And guess what? He was a relief there. Because you know what? Together with all the churches that partner with us, we are pressing forward. We are moving forward. And that is to see the life restored by many people. So (laughs) thank you, Pastor Dave, for coming in a time like that. And thank you, CFF. I'm here just to say thank you, Christian Fellowship, for all the work that you are doing. Amen?
0: Amen. And um,
1: I also want to say thank you because raise your hand here if you've been a student at the Gospel Rescue Mission.
0: Amen. Yeah, good
1: job. See Mr. Molino over there working now and doing great. Yes, Amen. But uh, a lot of the, a lot of the ladies and a lot of the guys I encounter that go to different churches and they don't fit in. They say no to them. So I want to thank you for saying yes to them, for giving them a new chance, a new Amen. opportunity. Amen. Yeah. And today I saw a guy walking. In the morning to CFF that's been at the mission for two weeks. Never been to a church before. Come on. But he was here, amen? Yeah. Yeah. And then I see those students that graduated. I see Lester going to church, yeah. working and all that. <laughs> we gave him a new opportunity. So amen. thank you for being part of that. Amen. And um, <clears throat> just want to say thank you for your prayer. I want to say thank you for your financial support. It takes a lot of money to run a mission. I want to say thank you for the transportation. I might love to see those vans going in there.
0: <laughs> Amen.
1: Amen. I want to say thank you for the chapel services, for dealing with Rick here, man. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Thank you for the volunteer teachers. You guys have amazing <clears throat> teachers. I know George and Linda are not here right now, but they've been a blessing to to us, just taking that solid teaching. I want to t- say thank you for the mentors that you guys have provided for the guys. Also, the events for a fall fest, you guys took over five hundred hot dogs. Uh -uh. Amen. Between me, Rick, and Pastor Dave, we ate (laughs) a hundred. There was four hundred for the for the for the visitors. Amen. And then we had Pastor Dave in the duck tank there. That's
0: right.
1: He was there just like getting wet over and over
0: and over. (laughs) There was a lot of love going on there. I was counting. Uh,
1: I lost count at 99, so I just <laughs> But uh But I also want to thank you because you guys are part of doing history in the city of Tucson. And for the first time ever, CFF, you guys were the first church that did a uh, live stream event. Amen. But, uh, amen. Yeah. And I believe we've been doing that for about six months now. About six times already? Or?
0: I don't know, three or four, maybe. Three or four, all right. Yeah. It I keep track of like a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I just want to
1: say thank you for being part of of the work that God is doing at the Gospel amen. of His amen? And today I want to present a, a a certificate to the church, a certificate of uh, appreciation. And I'm going to give it to Pastor Dave. I know he will wish it would be a Golden Corral certificate, yeah. but it's not. <laughs> Texas Roadhouse, actually. Texas Roadhouse, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> a certificate of appreciation is awarded to Christian faith Fellowship for their faithful service to Gospel Rescue Mission.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank and, you.
1: And here's the here's the nice thing is uh, it is signed by our, our own Men's Center Director Joseph Alder. Amen.
0: Amen. There he is, right here's there. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, brother.
1: And it's also signed for myself. So, on behalf of the rescue mission, we just want to say thank you for partnering with us and for your faithful service to the kingdom. Amen. Thank you.
0: Thanks, brother. God bless thank you. you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, we're going to keep you here for a minute. Okay. All right, everybody. So, um, as you know, God's definitely been in this whole process and He's called us to do this. There's no doubt. You guys have been amazing. Our youth group goes down and serves uh, lunch at the mission once a month on Saturdays. Uh, The Lewis Home Group, which meets on Sundays, they go down once a month to to do dinners on Sundays. And uh, many of you go down and volunteer your time and your efforts to bless and mentor and to work with the people there. And uh, I just want to tell you that whenever I go, I'm the one that gets blessed. God always has divine appointments. I meet people, people that uh, come there. It's just, It's amazing. When you let yourself be used by God, God wants to use you, and he'll provide ways for it to happen, and as your pastor, I want you to know how proud I am to be your pastor, and as Pastor Juan said, uh, some of the churches are not uh, open to uh, people in recovery and different things, and you guys have been amazing, embracing and loving um, our family. That's who the Gospel Rescue Mission is, and people that have said yes to Jesus, many of us have had issues in our past, and we know Jesus is the answer. We make a statement regularly. It's all over our material and on all of our social media. We're not a perfect church or perfect people. We're here because we know we need God's help, and he's provided that help to Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> so in the process, i uh, very blessed to get to know Pastor Juan, and he and his wife are expecting a new baby here at the beginning of February. <laughs> So not only is the ministry expanding, Gospel Rescue Mission expanding, there's new buildings on the property, everything going on there, but his family's expanding too, and so greater demands all the time, as you all know, uh, and your family and the relationships that are there. So Pastor Juan, as he mentioned to you, had a congregation that he was ministering to daily at the Gospel Rescue Mission of around 60 guys, moving into the new property. Now the the residency over there of overnighters and people in the programs is 405 people. So like an incredible, you know, demand upon the ministry and the life of people and volunteers. And then recently they promoted him to be able to also do that at the women's ministry as where there's another 60, right? So, uh, you know, he, there's a lot going on and a lot of changes in his personal life as well. Um, Joseph Adler, who's a board member here, is, is history. He and Linda, being part of our congregation from the old property on Broadway, and life recovery and what God did through that. Joseph, we just want to say thank you and Linda for your faithfulness to God. We just, uh, I want, I'm saying that, I'm going to pray for my brother, but it's really important that I share with you, you see, like, um, we didn't have anything going on for recovery at the time, and Joseph's heart and passion was there and spoke with me and wanted to do life recovery, man, it's like, yeah, great, so I want you to know this, that we don't, we don't think we have everything accomplished or what we're doing as a church, there's new things God wants to do. There's new opportunities, and just because something's not here doesn't mean God doesn't want it to be here or part of what we do for the kingdom of God. So if you have an idea in your heart that God's birthing in you, and God's birthing it, and he's affirmed it, let's see what God's going to do with it. Because today our entire family of CFF has been impacted by obedience to God and just following his lead. And now we have this incredible relationship with these people that God is redeeming and moving. It's just so cool when you let God do his thing, you know? All right, so thank you. Let's pray for Pastor Juan and his family and the ministry that is going on at Gospel Rescue Mission that God will continue to move. Extend your hands forward if you would. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you as we lift up our brother to you. We lift up his wife and his children and the new one that is coming. And God, we first off pray, I had your protection around them, the integrity of their relationship together, protection over them, your peace, your grace in a time of change. Lord, all that is happening, their needs that they have, financial needs, their emotional needs, Lord, their spiritual needs, we ask you to provide an abundance and bless them. God, for the ministry at Gospel Rescue Mission, both the men's and the women's shelter and the families that are involved. We ask for your protection over Pastor Juan, that he would have discernment and understanding of what it is that you want him to do and how to do it. All for your glory, God. Let us see an incredible impact in Tucson as we see lives transformed, people redeemed, and new lives began. And may this message and ministry expand and continue to impact, Lord, all around the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Thanks for being here. Appreciate everything. Thanks, Justin. Uh, Can you kill that mic for me? I didn't do anything to it either. So you ready for that to go off? Sorry. Thanks. Yep. It's great to be with you. Isn't God good? If you're not getting our e-bulletin, we send that out uh, through email. Um, You can get on Facebook and stuff's there. I'm not on there, but the stuff of the church is. Um, there's stuff for um, on our app and everything. And so what we want you to know is Gospel Rescue Mission is also hiring for several positions. So if you're looking for a job, if you're looking for a career change, uh, there's opportunities there. And so in our e-bulletin that we sent out, there's a link where you can connect to that job uh, needs area. And so God may have a ministry for you. Uh, as a career, which is an amazing thing. I want you to know there's no greater thing that I could do than to be a pastor serving God and have it be my life and a ministry opportunity to serve him. So thank you. And um, I just want you to know too that I look like this because I'm getting older too. It's not just that I'm tired. And uh, yeah, and you guys have done a lot of this to me. So <laughs> seriously you have I love you but man you know you've been hard on me obviously look at me anyway God God is so good isn't he so there's a lot happening, our own church family, I said 2020 is a time for change, we have a year of change coming at us, and so God is is changing not only our church, but our ministry, our focus and the direction that he's taken us, and I'm excited about all those things, Pastor Stephen is is uh, going to be done with the youth ministry coming up here within the next two weeks, Pastor Joshua Revere will be joining us, you probably saw that announcement on Facebook and your e-bulletin as well. And he's moving here from Ohio. He'll be with us to start uh, the week of the 20th of January. So God confirmed that. We're excited about that and what's happening. So he's going through a lot of emotional stuff. You know, he's saying goodbye to his church family in Ohio. And that's a lot when you're doing that transition. And then he's coming here and there's excitement. So there's a a big um, kind of like an emotional imbalance going on with him. So just be praying for him as he transitions through and comes to us. It'd be great. All right, we have those new groups starting on Sunday. They started last Sunday and last Tuesday, but it's not too late for you to join We have a lot of things that are opportunities for you to grow. There's a Growing in Christ on Sunday and Tuesday, Spirit Filled Follower on Tuesday nights, uh, Life Recovery Sundays and Tuesdays, Solid Food Bible Study, Soul Shift, Prayer Group. There's lots going on for you to help you grow in your faith. Please join one of those groups and be part of it. There's home groups. All that stuff's available on the website, app, all that immaterial out there. Did you spend at least five minutes a day, five days last week, in God's Word, either reading or listening to it? Did you share God's story with someone this week? you spend some time alone with him this week with no agenda yes. do you know what the holy spirit's saying to you yes. are you given as god has asked you to give in your time your talents and your resources yes. did you invite someone to church with you today yes. there's cards up here that you can grab if you'd like to There come join us cards that has information about the church times of services etc god is good isn't he yes. it's pretty awesome you know i was talking to a lady this morning that's new in our church um i think her name was monica Uh, But I'm not great at that. But anyway, God knows. Brand new walk with Christ. And she was talking about this new experience that she's never had before. She was a church attender most of her life. But she just had an encounter with Jesus. And uh, she was like so excited and I was telling her that's what the Bible talks about being born again That's that new life. She goes. Yeah, my old life is gone and dead and I have a new life Exactly. You got it It's all about that change and that transition of God in your life, right? So church See what we've been talking about in scripture as we've been going through Ephesians 4 and 5 Was the fact that there was an old life the life of sin when we were owned by sin when we responded in our flesh when we did the things that we did and how it brought brokenness into our life. And then as we reflect back and the word of God is telling us as believers, look, we look back and see that brokenness that was who we were. Then we encountered Jesus and he saved us. We entered into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And there was something that happened inside of us. And we were made new. We are born again. We have this encounter with God that is so real and personal. It's amazing. And then as we go from that old life into the new life, God is changing us. And so as we are reading the scriptures in Ephesians 4 and 5, it talks about how we used to live the new life, how things in our new life still need to change. Amen. Amen. As God is growing us and we're walking with him, God is still changing us. We are saved and made new, but we're learning to live this new life. And the Bible tells us that we're maturing in our faith. So we're growing up in our faith to be Christ-like. So as we grow in this faith and we become more Christ-like, we're less of our old self and more like Jesus. But there's a moment where that journey begins and that's when we're saved, right? Right? So now there's the old life, the new life, and the newer life. There's this incredible encounter with God, this experience that he's invited us into so that we can grow with him and be more Christ-like, and we can change to be more like him. That's why I asked you, have you changed since January 1st? I mean, come on, it's only the 12th. Something should have happened by now. It's been 12 days. Moving forward, man. God's moving And so if God's moving, he is changing us and we're growing with him. And so as we travel through God's word, I've been praying about this and saying, God, is this where you want us to go? And let let me just tell you right now that um, I ask God's Holy Spirit to lead me in every message to preach his word and not what Dave wants to say, what you want to hear, what I want to experience, but what God wants to say. He doesn't always tell me things I want to hear or I want to say. But he's God. And what he has to say is important in my life and in your life. And when I speak God's word, I want you to know that I don't think that I'm just here to tell you what to do. I know that it's God saying this is what we are to do. And so the message that comes to my heart is God speaking to me about my own life, what I need to do, and to share it with you so that you can join with me on this journey to follow him. So I'm not here to just tell you what to do. I'm here to learn with God from God with you, and become more Christ-like in my life. That is my desire, that's God's desire, and so I want to encourage you to just continue with me on this journey, because it's incredible. I am so blessed to be a part of it. In Ephesians 5, remember we were reading some of these scriptures last week. I'm going to read three verses that we read last week leading into today's section of scripture. So let me share with you this word that we have from God in Ephesians 5. So be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. This is one of our action steps last week, remember? Be imitators of God. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. God's expecting us to engage our brains and live smart, not being stupid. I've done a lot of stupid things in my life. I mean, things I should have known better that I did not know better, and I did it anyway. Isn't that the definition of being stupid? I mean, I lived it. So he tells us, don't live like that. Live wisely. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now we're going to begin from that context, because I want us to see that all this flows together. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, God's Word. So the passage of Scripture we're going through is a continuation of talking to us about living as lights in the world. God's Word is telling us that we are to be in a place where the tangible faith that God has birthed within us is seen by the people around us, those that we live with, work with, encounter every single day. God's Word is telling us that we are to live in such a way that our faith is tangibly seen, present, and evident of people around us. That's His Word. Okay, so now as we look at this, we already know this. Drunkenness will ruin your life. Okay, addiction will ruin your life. So this isn't something that we don't already know. And it's not just for people in the gospel rescue mission. It's for all of us in this room, because many of us, even though we've never been in the mission, have been in the brokenness of life just the same. And when the word of God says drunkenness will ruin your life. Here's the thing. God's word does not say you can't drink alcohol. Okay, I want to be very clear. God's word is very clear to us. He doesn't say you can't drink alcohol. He does say you can't be drunk. And many of us have learned that we can't drink alcohol without getting drunk. Therefore, we can't drink alcohol. Right? All right, I mean, that's, that's what he's telling us in his word, right? So we have to stay away from it because when I lived that way in alcohol, drugs, whatever I was doing in the moment, there was no finish line. And there was no self-control. And everybody in this room, if you've ever experienced any substance at all in your life, the word of God is teaching us something so clear. When he says that drunkenness, or don't be drunk with wine. Be instead what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. That's some cool stuff right there because this is what we know. All right, this is confession time. Not in a, um, we're going to do this, but I want you to do it respectfully. How many of you have been under the influence of something in your life at any point in time? Just say yes if you were. Yes. So that's most of us. So here's the thing I want you to hear me. When we read the word of God, this is what he tells us. That what happened to us when we were engaged in drunkenness is this. Something takes a hold of us. And it begins to take control of us. We lose control. And whatever that substance is begins to dictate and mandate what I do. I have lost control and something else now owns me. Because of that, I've done some ridiculously stupid things. Okay, you all have. Now just stay with me because God's word is teaching us something. What he says here is, instead, be filled by the Holy Spirit. So what he's doing is, he's taking something that all of us have experienced and understand, that he's applying something spiritual in our life. This is what he's telling us. Now, instead, allow this other substance, this God, to fill you in that way where it takes over, controls, and owns And now there's another force that is making the decisions for you. Follow me? Come on, man. This is like real life stuff. God's word is amazing. He's like, hey, I want to put myself in you because you can't handle it. I can, and I will allow you, force you, make you by my presence live different than you used to live. Yeah, that's awesome. So now he's like, hey, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what happens when the Spirit fills you. He says you sing songs. You have a Spirit of God in you. Therefore, you are worshiping God in song, and you're thankful. That's what it tells us in the Word. So here's something here. As I look at this, I'm thinking, all right, don't don't answer this one out loud right now. It's going to be our action step. Would the people you live with, work with, spend life with see you as a person of worship and thankfulness? I said don't answer, but that's okay. (laughs) Follow with me. All right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. I'm trying to help you because if you come to the altar later to repent, we're going to say, well, it wasn't that one, so it's got to be the other three. All right, anyway. So So as believers, see we're talking about the tangible faith, right? So there's songs, there's all right, so when you're when you're under the influence of something, I I'll just use myself as an example, right? Kim and I started dating before Jesus, just to be clear, all right, before Jesus entered either one of our lives. And so Dave doesn't dance. I'm just telling you flat out, all right? Dave does not dance. Yes. But if he gets under the influence of something, he might move. (laughs) Right. Nobody wants to see it, and we're not going to talk about it. But (laughs) this is what I'm... This is important. It's, it's, It's real stuff here, right? So, like, so all of us, I think, have experienced, like, Um, Things even if someone else had to tell us what happened. We did stuff that people told us because something was doing something inside of us, right? And so when we tangibly look at what God's Word is saying, He's saying, when I'm there, the Holy Spirit, there's these amazing songs, this Word, this joy, this music that I put inside of you. And that music inside of you, this is what the Word of God is just talking about, like the songs of worship, singing, that celebration. You may have a terrible voice and can't sing on tune. You might. Sing in your car with nobody else there. It's okay. But I want you to know God made us musically, and it's in us. You know that's true. All you got to do is get a baby who doesn't know anything else and put on music, and they begin to move. It's because God put that in us. And when the Spirit of God is in us, He puts a song in us. He does. And there's this joy that comes with it. And when you live in the Holy Spirit, the songs of worship come. The thankfulness to God comes. And people ought to see that in our lives. See, now when we're looking at God's Word, everything that we're hearing here is talking about a tangible faith of reality where people are seeing a change in my life. This is what Jesus taught us in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. Look, church, this is what he's telling us right here. When we tangibly live our faith... People are going to know God. They're going to know it's God. It's not about people saying, wow, what a, what a great guy Dave is. They're going to be saying like, I see God in Dave. Yes. It's not about Dave. It's so that the Father might be lifted up and glorified. And therefore, when we live our lives in faith, that we want God to be seen. And as we live, that we ought to be a light in the darkness in the world. For God is calling people to himself. And he's calling Him to himself through us. Please understand that, church. God is trying to call these people through us. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You're my ambassadors. I have placed my Holy Spirit in you so that people can encounter me. Man, God is good. As we go back into those scriptures we're talking about, please, church, stay with me. There is such incredible power and truth in these scriptures for our lives. And you're going to get uncomfortable. In chapter 5, I concluded those readings with verse 21. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, those being addressed here are believers. And therefore, we as believers are to submit to one another. Now, in the context of Scripture, as we serve Christ together and we are to reverence Him by this action, we absolutely need to understand what that word submit means, and it is a word that has been abused by the church, in the church, through the church, by men, by women, by our culture. Everybody around knows the word submit is in the Bible. They may not know anything about the Bible, but everybody knows this word exists. I don't think there's probably too many men that have not quoted at least one Bible verse in their life. Wives, submit to your husband. So we may not know anything else, but we're going to know that verse because we have an idea of what we think that means, and it means you need to submit to me, and you need to change because you need to come under my authority. We know ladies know that verse because they've heard it probably more than any other and because of the way that it's been used and abused most of us start putting the back pedals on as soon as we hear the word i mean even in the last service when i was saying something was a woman i'm just giving you a warning right now ladies just i already warned you i warned you <laughs> don't say anything all right just wait it out all right all right so Here's the thing. I want us to understand what this is saying to us. It's God's word, so we need to understand it. Since God's the creator, the designer of all things, and what he does is perfect, we're screwing it up because what we have today are not perfect marriages. We could say amen to that one. So somehow we're messing it up, and I believe we're messing it up by not knowing what God is saying to us about relationships. And one of the things that we don't understand is the word submit in the context of God. So this word does mean exactly what we think it means. So this is where I want you to not get defensive at first. Just wait it out. If you want to get defensive later, that's between you and God. But if you'll embrace and listen for a little while using that brain, knowing what God's saying, and I'm talking to men and women both here. That's not a slight to anybody. If we will hear God's word using our brain, Using the Holy Spirit within, we're going to come to a new understanding of this. Submit. The word submit means to yield oneself. You know what a yield sign is? Slow down. Look around you. Be careful. Yield oneself. To be under the control of another. Oh, that's where we start getting nervous and like, uh, oh, wait a minute. To be under the control of Another. So when we hear that, we begin to get uncomfortable, nervous, a little insecurity, a little confusion, and a whole lot of resentment and standing. But this is God's word, and so we need to understand what it means. So with all these things, we always look to Jesus as our example. Men and women alike, please hear this word in the context of our Savior Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, so that you know the context in the verse that we're reading. Starting in verse number three, writing to the believers. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Submission. Jesus. Jesus submitted. He yielded. He came under the control of, in all of these areas, listen to this. Looking at the life of Jesus, he gave up his deity, his godness, and submitted to become human. The Creator became the created. Church, the word of God teaches us that Jesus himself is the one who created all things. He made us, and then he became one of us. He submitted his godness to become human. He not only submitted himself to be born, he submitted himself to be born in a stable, a barn. And he submitted to be laid in a manger. He submitted to his parents his creation's authority as a child. He submitted to John's baptism. He submitted to paying taxes. He submitted to soldiers and spiritual leaders who were wrong yes. in his arrest. He submitted to the legal systems and trial. He submitted to Pilate's position and Pilate's verdict. He submitted to the cross. He submitted his body to sin, my sin and yours. And finally, he submitted his very life to death. After he arose, he submitted his followers to the Holy Spirit. And he submitted his mission to us. Isn't that amazing? So now when we sit back and we're like, I'm not doing that. Wait a minute. Jesus submitted everything and his entire life was all submission. All submission. When I see what Jesus did and what he did for us, yielding himself and surrendering himself to someone else's control, listen, in everything he did, he allowed All this stuff to happen to Him for our good. (laughs) It's crazy. So now when we think about the life of Jesus and we think about what He just said to us in Ephesians 5, He said, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. He's saying, Church, males and females, all of you all in this room, everybody in the Church of Jesus Christ, we are to live this way for one another. Submission to Yielding to a life of loving service to one another. It's God's Word. He doesn't end there and you know it. So when we go back into the context of what he's saying, remember, church, see, what we are looking back on is a life before Christ, a life with Christ, and a new life that God is giving to us through Christ today. And so when he says, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ for wives this means ladies you ready yeah. you know this but listen for wives this means submit to your husbands as to the lord for a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church he is the savior of his body the church as the church submits to Christ so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything god's word painful. We're like, wait a minute, he's a jerk. That's <laughs> saying it nicely. And, and so we have to take everything in the ton- context of what God's word says to us and what he is trying to speak into our life. Ladies, when I look at Jesus, gentlemen, you need to listen to this too, not to preach at your wife later because this applies to you and God has a lot to say to us in just a moment. But ladies, I want you to hear this, and gentlemen, you know this. When we came and found Jesus as our Savior, He did everything for us. We could not buy it. We could not earn it. We didn't deserve it. But He just took us. And what happened for us to find that place of relationship with Him, ladies, please hear this. Gentlemen, hear me. I had to surrender. See, I surrendered my control of my life because I know that before I met him, my life was a mess because I couldn't make right decisions. So when I came to him and I said yes to him and he said yes to me, he did what I could not do for myself. He made me whole, he gave me purpose, he gave me meaning, he gave me love. That's what Jesus did for me. Right, ladies? Okay, so ladies, God's word says that a husband is to fill this role for you. Not beyond Jesus. That's not what he's saying at all. He's giving us a picture to understand that how we came into relationship with Jesus. He's saying, ladies, please hear this because the submission that God is calling us into is that relationship like what we have with God through Jesus. So he's saying, like, you need to come to your husband with that kind of an approach to thing. Here it is. You ready? Ladies, saying, I need you to your husband. You make me whole. You provide the love that I need. You are the answer in my life. You fulfill my existence and give me purpose. Now listen, stay with me, because the culture that we live in today is saying everything opposite of that you don't need him if you want a baby use one but you don't need him you don't need him you don't need what he has he's nothing and he has no ability to make you any better you're better without him that's what culture is telling us here's what God's word's saying you do need him so just process this now is it working out there And have we been following the patterns of the world in the relationships that we've been having? And have we not found ourselves dysfunctional and broken? Why is it that we're not willing to actually submit to God's ways and see if it works? Just a thought. Because what we've been doing hasn't. What we've gotten is brokenness as a result maybe just maybe god the designer might know something about how this works and so if we will embrace what he is calling us into god can actually work and he will ladies you just, this is your time to relax and just like listen for a minute guys this is our time because incredibly in god's word it speaks like a lot more to us than it does to women And I do believe that it's intentional and I know that it's needed for us because, see, when God made us in his image and likeness and the sovereignty that he gave us, we have a much stronger godness about us than ladies do. I don't mean that disrespectfully. That's one of our problems. We have this sovereignty issue of control and we don't want to submit to anyone because we want to be the final say-so. And it is a struggle for all men in this area and so god's word speaks to us more than it does the ladies about our role in this relationship huh what do you think so remember a further and further submit to one another out of reverence for christ so we've been talking about that submission thing yielding to and surrender to others control so now for husbands this means you ready guys love your wives as christ loved the church He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean. Washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. But it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. God's word, man. So as we think about this and we talk about all of our, how many of you are saved? You know, Jesus as, as your savior and you're born again. Just say yes so all of you that said yes know what it meant for you to come repent of your sins and enter into relationship so now let's use this mirror that God's given to us to look at the role of the husband and the wife and see the fullness of what God is saying so we are saved because we humble ourselves recognize we can't make it on our own repent and follow Jesus in his teaching right that's your call ladies Okay, men, there, there is no greater scripture I could read to us as men, more convicting, more challenging scriptures than we just read. One statement, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. See, we all know this because of our relationship with God. We know this because of the old life we lived. We could not earn it. We don't deserve it. It was a gift. And we receive forgiveness and cleansing and wholeness. And so, guys, the word of God says that you are to provide that for her. Provide for her everything she can't provide for herself. Be her answer to life. Give your life for her. Provide for her. Meet her needs. Remember the life of Jesus, a life of full submission to every aspect of God's plan. Gentlemen, that is our call as a husband to the wife that God has given you. Think about it. Like, it's not about me. It's about her. It's about providing for her, meeting her need letting her know she's loved, that she has purpose and meaning in life. And I want to fulfill her needs. Look what he tells us right here. Presenting her to himself. Spotless, blameless, without blemish, holy. Like he is presenting her to himself this way. He's not saying, hey, you ought to do this if you're my wife. You ought to do these things if you're my wife. You need to show yourself in this way or you're not really being my wife. No, He says that we are to present her in that way ourselves. What does that mean? Present her to himself. Okay, so think about it again. Let's do the spiritual things and look at what God said. Jesus gave his life for us. And by doing so, he took the keys of sin and death away from the enemy to provide an opportunity for life for us. Guys? God is saying to us, I want you to give your life to provide a way for her to experience the fullness of what life is all about. I don't think there's any more daunting call than that. And so, all you ladies that are nervous about this submission thing, I want you to know that when a man of God (laughs) surrenders himself and submits to the Father in the context of His Word, There is no demand for you. There is provision. There is embrace. There's fullness, wholeness. And therein is love. Now remember, everybody in this room, that we are maturing in our faith, growing Christ-like. This is not a weapon for us to throw at each other and say, you're not a woman of Ephesians 5, Or you're not the man of Ephesians 5. Listen, I'm serious. What we need to understand is, is that this is what God has called us to. And that we are growing in our faith and therefore our relationship, our marriage, the current one we are in, no matter how many there's been, this is the one God wants to fix because now we're asking him to fix it. Okay, so don't get lost and don't get stupid and go try and change things. It's where you are today that God wants to work. We repent, we walk with Him, we allow God to grow us up in our faith and in our relationship. I'm learning what it means to be a man of God, a husband that is Christ-like to my wife. I'm learning that still. After 36 years of marriage, I'm still learning. I'm still a baby in so many ways and saying, God, show me and forgive me and help me. When we've looked at the life of Jesus in submission, The life of surrender and leading. Men, I mean, just go home, guys, ladies. Both of us look at the context of what this word says to us about our relationship and begin to put into practice what God says to us. Now, you may be single today. It's okay. Don't rush out and find somebody. Let God do it. All right, I'm serious. Please don't. Let God lead male and female alike. And if God calls you to live a celibate life, He does that sometimes, then live that life to the fullest with God. I tell single people, go on a date with Jesus every week, and I'm being serious. Just go somewhere and meet with Him and build your relationship. That's what it's all about. And let Him take care of the other stuff, okay? That's, we'll just leave that alone right now. Let's, let's go back to God's Word because Jesus has given us this incredible example. I talked to you about His submission of His life. Everything He did, He gave Himself up constantly now he is god don't ever forget that in john chapter 13 we read this incredible account before the passover celebration jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father he had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end it was time for supper The devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and returned to God. So please hear what that just said to us. Church, God's Word just said to us that Jesus knew exactly who he was, what it was all about, and the position that he was going to once again be in. Remember, he submitted himself, gave up his godness to become one of us, but he knew he was going back to his godness. And this is what God's word says. He got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a the towel he had around him. God. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again, sat down and asked, you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord and you are right because that's what I am. Let that sink in. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Yeah, God has called us to a life of submission, to having a place and identity as a child of God, to a place of servitude to the benefit of everyone else. As a husband and a wife, God has called us to serve one another out of love and reverence for one another. Man, you want to end all your marriage problems? Follow God's ways. It's going to help us. You want to break the dysfunctional relationships that we've been a part of? Begin to follow the Spirit of God's lead in your life. Begin to say yes to the things that God has called us into and begin to live the faith in our marriage relationship. Are you a born-again disciple of Jesus Christ? How do the people in your everyday life see you living in worship and thankfulness? How is that happening? If you're married, do people see your marriage as a testament of God's love? What area of your life are you struggling with submission? All right, what is that area? Where are you struggling with submission, that yielding, that surrender? Where are you struggling with that? How are you living as a light to the world around you? How's that happening? These are your action steps, by the way. Are you the wife or husband that God has called you to be? Are you that? Are you it? Are you becoming? What needs to be surrendered so that you can become? God is calling us, man. He's faithful. The Holy Spirit is within us, taking us into a new life. That means our marriage should be entering into new things together in our relationship, just like my life with Christ. See, marriage isn't boring or doesn't get old. It's not a ball and chain. It's not a prison sentence and all the other adjectives and crap that we say. Marriage should be something that is being enriched and growing all the time because my relationship with God is the same way. So if it's not, I want you to know you have a spiritual problem, not a marital problem. And if you allow that spiritual problem to continue, the marital problem will absolutely destroy itself. When we do it God's way, it works. I'm just saying, so church, we need to understand that we need to follow God's principles no matter what we think in our flesh, no matter how we used to live in our flesh, no matter what the world's saying to us. Does this sound familiar? It's called the Christian life. We need to bring that same idea, that same practice, that same faith into our marriage relationship. And it's going to work. I challenge you to apply God's word in your marriage. And I guarantee you, because of God's word, you will be blessed and your life will be changed. Amen. Stand with me. The altar's open if anyone wants to repent. If you and your spouse are here together and you want to come and pray and just talk to Jesus, that would be amazing. But we want you to be obedient to Him and whatever He is saying to you. Father, we love you. We're so grateful for all that you do for us, God. You're an incredible God. We need you desperately. We need you to heal our relationships, our marriage, our families, our homes. Lord, we need you to break the cycle of dysfunction that has just devastated the church of Jesus Christ in the marriage and the families. God, we come to you today understanding that it is our need of submitting to you that will change everything. And so God, right now, in Jesus' name, we ask you to move in every way that we need for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Altars always open. Please respect those that are praying. God loves you, bless you. Have an amazing week with him.